Welcome to the Once Upon a Time in Huntsville podcast, hosted by me, Sapley Baranaga. Today, uh, no co-host. We're just, we're just. Uh, I'm solo today, sitting on the couch. Got all the lights off. If anything, this is a, I guess, more of a therapy session with myself, just so I can talk and get things off, some things off my chest. Aaron, however, is in uh, another room, uh, maybe 15 yards away, maybe less. So maybe uh, she'll walk in and I can uh, throw some questions her way. I don't know. We'll see. But maybe my um, rambling will be a lot more entertaining than you and I think it will be. So st- stay stay with me. Uh, let me pitch you this. Let me let me let me let me start off like this. Let me start off like this. Okay. So right now, we're in a world where we have a virus, you know, raging through our streets. We got, we got division from house to house. We have just a political mess, and then you know some people have lost their jobs. Um, some people are going through, you know, losing their loved ones to this virus, or or they're really close friends. And so what's the one thing that can just, for maybe two hours, or an hour and 45 minutes, can just make you forget all that? And that's uh, that's movies. That's movies, and that's what I'm going to be talking about today, uh, because that's what this podcast is about. And Aaron and I, <laughs> she's not my girlfriend anymore. She is my fiancé. That is right. Cue uh, the audience clapping. Uh, I'll see if I can figure out how to edit that in there. <laughs> um, we are now engaged. We came back from, uh, well, we went to Seaside. Let me start here. We went to Seaside, and which is where the f- the place actually got her uh, almost a telephone number, her cell phone number. So it meant a lot to us, and I had I'd always imagined myself proposing to her on a beach, but I, I really, really wanted to be Seaside. But anyway, so we go to Seaside, and we just said, you know what? We're just gonna we're gonna put down our phones. We're just gonna relax. We're gonna enjoy the great weather, the sunshine that God blessed us with. And all we did was eat and watch movies and sit on the beach and read. And it was maybe my favorite week I've had in a long time. And to cap it off, I got on down, I got down on one one knee and uh, asked her to be my wife. And thank God, she said she would pray on it couple weeks later she said yes <laughs> um uh and, and and the movies that we watched down there oh my goodness we watched we watched psycho which aaron had she hadn't seen and so watching her watch psycho was maybe even more fun than actually watching the movie itself because i'm not gonna spoil anything unless you listen to our past podcast which harrison and i might have spoiled it i don't really remember but um, there's really two big plot twists and Psycho, and Aaron was blown away by both. And it was just so much fun. So much fun getting to watch that. And actually, um, I'm going to uh, put, after rewatching it, uh, I think a third time, uh, I got to put Psycho over Strangers on a Train. I think I had Strangers on a Train above Psycho. I got to put Psycho and wherever I put that spot just because, oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. It's just so good. I was watching. I was like, "Oh my goodness, this movie is just so great." The things that it does is just so in, uh, so ingenious. I mean, uh, I can't even think of another film where, um, 
the the main protagonist is driving or walking and and she's she's imagining she's not doing voiceover narration she's imagining other characters responding to her actions through voiceover character uh narration and it's just like it kind of leaves the viewer is this what they're really saying or is it she getting inside of her head and she's just she's just totally just wigging out and freaking out about the things that she's done and it's such a great movie because it it completes her character arc um, halfway through the movie, and then something happens halfway through the movie. I don't want to spoil it for those who haven't seen it or haven't listened to my last podcast. You guys need to go watch it. And then there's a couple more plot twists that just, oh, they rattle you. And I've seen this movie. This is my third time watching it, and I was still scared Um, at one point. I had just goosebumps all down my, my arms. I was just, oh, my God. It's just freaky to watch. Highly recommend it. It goes up in the spot. Another movie we watched, which I hadn't seen maybe since it came out or maybe a couple of years after, was The Prestige with Mr. Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale and uh, Scarlett Johansson and uh, Rebecca Rebecca Hall, I think her name was. Uh, yeah, Rebecca Hall and, and Michael Caine. Oh, my goodness. Michael Caine is by far one of my favorite actors and acting teachers out there. He... Even if you're not like an actor or someone trying to learn the craft, you should go check out his books just because of how entertaining they are. He tells a story of how he met his wife, and it is a story that just blew my mind. Uh, I don't, man, I I would, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say a little bit of it, just so you can go check out the book. It's I, he has like two biographies, and this is one of them. I can't remember the specific title, but it's got an ugly lime green cover, and it's got Michael Caine. Like staring, you know, standing there whimsically, like pointing at the towel to be like, "Oh, that's me." What, you know? Oh, uh, no, he talks. I'm Mark Cocaine, like that. He, he's got really strong British acts. That's I'm doing. I'm not doing it justice. I'll, I'll stop. But um, so he's watching TV in his flat. That's where the um, for American. That's a uh, an apartment. He's sitting there in his flat, and um, he I I'm trying to remember what I think it was like a Folgers like coffee commercial. And he sees this woman. She's like, he's like, oh my goodness, that woman's beautiful. And he just, uh, through a miraculous way, ends up tracking her down. And they go out on a date, and then they've been married for like over forty years now. But I'm, I probably just butchered the story. Uh, he explains in detail. You got to go check out that book, or just look up how they met online. I'm sure he's done it, said it in an interview somewhere. But he's one of my favorite, and he just crushes it in the prestige. He's so good, and he's really used for delivering. He's like the exposition guy throughout the movie, just delivering a large amount of exposition. And that's a really hard thing to do, but if you have a talented actor like that, you can just make it seem just like, uh, just the way he does it. He's just amazing, outstanding. I highly recommend that that movie. Um, and I'm actually going to be talking about it a little bit later because once I get done talking about the movies I've recently watched, we're going to talk a little bit about Christopher Nolan because he's got Tenet coming out soon. Oh, my gosh. I am so excited. I haven't been uh, this excited for a movie maybe since, um, well, shoot, maybe since, um, I guess, his last one, Dunkirk. Or I'm trying to think of what came out last year. Or maybe A Hidden Life. I was really excited for A Hidden Life by Terrence Malick. But um, I'm so excited for Tenet. But I'm, I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. But uh, So we watched The Prestige. I'm not even going to say anything about that just because you, you guys just need to go watch it. Well, I'm going to mention it later, but I'm not going to really spoil much just because it's... Uh, it's just so extremely well written, and the premise itself is really great. And I'll just say the premise: it's essentially late 1800s. Hugh Jackman is a magician. Christian Bale's a magician. They're friends, then they're not friends. They become rival magicians, 
and there's some science fiction in there. David Bowie makes an appearance as Tesla, rest in peace, and it's um it's an amazing film. Um oh and we and then after that we watched Paris, Texas. So we watched three uh three movies that start with the letter P, which um that was a hint to Aaron the entire time that I was going to propose to her. Um at the end of the week, and she never caught on. Actually, no, it's not. I just I just realized that they were all peas. I'm not that smart. Um, and I know she wouldn't believe me if I had said that. Um, we watched Paris, Texas with the wonderful Harry Dean Stanton and so many other great actors. Dean Stockwell. Um, and if you guys haven't seen it, wh- one of the most beautiful-looking movies out there. It's shot on film, of course. came out in 1984, and there are just scenes in there that just crush you. There's this... The premise is that he, his wife has disappeared. She ran away from him, took the kid with her, and dropped the kid off at her, at his uh, his biological brother's house. And um, he's just wandering, just in, in Texas, looking for her. And um, his brother ends up helping him, and you know, with the kid. And then they eventually uh, end up trying to track her down. And it's it's such an amazing film. And the movie is like two hours and forty five minutes, but it goes by just like that. Amazing film. I got it on a Criterion, and uh, I highly recommend to watch. I'm not even going to say anything about that because I don't want to spoil anything, but there's a lot of moments where you're just like, trying to hold back the tears because um, it's so good. Um, I watched, and then after that, we came back, and I popped in The Fighter with uh, Maki Mock and uh, Christian Bell, uh, the, uh, the the movie which he won an Oscar for, right? rightfully so. He just crushes it. You forget halfway through that it's even Christian Bell. And you know what? A lot of people, th- a lot of people like to say stuff and make fun of Mark Wahlberg that he maybe plays the same character in each and every film. And yeah, he does, he does. But he, he's so underrated in this film. He, he's, he's. I mean, he's the straight guy to Christian Bale's, you know, caricature uh, actor uh, or performance. And he, and he just crushes it. And he does exactly what he he needs to be done. Nothing more. He never tries to upstage anyone. And then Amy Adams. Oh my gosh, who, who doesn't have an Oscar? You know, not that that's important or not, but. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, gingers are being slept on, and I'm, I'm sick and tired of it. You know, I am. You know, the industry needs to get this right. They haven't got it right. I mean, yeah, we're slowly creeping in. I've I've got a couple movie roles under my belt. Got a couple uh, TV shows under my belt. But, um, you know, they need to step it up. Uh, for instance, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. When they make the live-action movie, April O'Neil. Ginger, right? Who they cast? Megan Fox, not a ginger. Not a ginger. Spider-Man uh, Homecoming. MJ. Redhead, right? Who do they cast? Zendaya. Not a redhead. Wh- to be fair, she, she 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 pretty much crushes it in both of the films that she's in. I really like her interpretation. It's very different, and it's extremely um, spot-on performance of what a modern teenager is like. But um, but still, come on. Show us Ginger some love. I mean, uh, me and Jake Austin Walker, we need some love, even though Jake's killing it right now. He's got Stargirl. He's got that... That DC show going for him. And then he's the star of uh, 12 Mighty Orphans. 12 Mighty Orphans, which, by the way, has been possibly pushed back till next year, 2021. That's If you don't know, that's a film that I am, that I am in. I have uh, a great role in that. Um, I'm really excited to see it. I'm one of the orphans of, of the 12. And um, Jake is like the lead orphan. He crushes it. Ever, seriously, everyone in this film crushes it. I was just... I was in the midst of just pure talent and pure just hard work, and I was just so proud of those guys. But anyways, uh, an article came out by uh, Dallas Morning News. One of the producers sat down, and uh, just give you a little news if you didn't see it. I think I posted it on my story. 
I don't know if you clicked and read it, but uh, it's, it might be pushed back to 2021 for theatrical release. But Houston was saying, hey, if you know college football and NFL doesn't start this year, they may try to pitch it to some streamers. I know that they're going to try to pitch it to some distributors um, next month. So be praying that it gets picked up by somebody. I think I saw an IMDb Pro CAA was uh, trying to sell it, and that's you know the biggest uh, agency in the world. Or at least in America, I oh well, I guess I you know probably the world because they got places in London and stuff. I don't know, but um, uh, I'm really proud of that film and I can't wait for you guys to get to see it because um we need it now we need to watch it now because uh, it's set during the Great Depression when people were just torn, torn apart, you know people were losing their homes their jobs people were getting sick and dying, and essentially this uh this football team of orphans ragtag group of orphans, you know. Uh, this this coach, who's played uh, obviously by uh, Luke Wilson, comes in and essentially, and it's based all on a true story, of course, and based on the book by Jim Dent called Twelve Mighty Orphans. And he comes in and essentially gives up his job, and he says, "You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna teach these orphans how to play football." And the whole country watched as they annihilated high school team after high school team. And it's such a go buy the book. The book actually, um, I've read it three times now, and it's so good. It is so 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 good. Uh, like. When I auditioned for it, I read it on the way there to the audition in Texas, and I was just, like, I don't think I'd ever been so excited for an audition before just because I was like, oh, if this book is amazing, I can't wait to read the script because, my word. Uh, anyways, so that may or may not be pushed back till uh, next year, unfortunately. But uh, anyways, what was I talking about? I was talking about The Fighter, I think, and Marky Mark and then Adam, Amy Adams, and then I went on a rant about gingers, how we need to be loved a little bit more. Um, no, there's bigger problems right now in, in this industry. Uh, that was, that was a joke. A sarcasm. Um, The Fighter, anyways, great movie. Cliche. Yeah, so you got some sport, sports cliches in there. You get, you, but, uh, at the, at the heart, it's a brother story. And I get, I got five brothers, so I relate to that like five times more than the average person. Uh, oh my goodness. And then I watch, this is another Christopher, I watched two Christopher Nolan films this week, huh? Or I guess last week and this week. I re- I put in Dunkirk. I rewatched it because I've been listening to the soundtrack while I work out. Because if you, if you know what I'm talking about, that soundtrack makes you uh, feel like you can lift a mountain. Um, I actually, <laughs> I told Aaron this. I said whenever I would take um, uh, tests or exams for my Calhoun class at home, because I took I did online classes, I would uh, put the soundtrack on my phone so I would just keep going. So I just wouldn't stop and just, you know, you know, I would just keep it. Just kept me going, so I could, uh, so I could finish it before the timer ran out. Cause on uh, online exams, you know, you have the timer going. Um, so go listen to the soundtrack. I'm gonna skip talking about this movie because I'm about to talk about it just a little bit, and then after that, I watched the wrestler with Mickey Rourke. You gotta go watch that. He he absolutely crushes it. And then I watched Nightcrawler with Jake Gyllenhaal and Rene Russo. They both crush it. My word, such a great movie. And I watched that one with Aaron. She had never seen it before. And ugh, Jake Gyllenhaal is just so creepy. Not him, but I mean the character that he plays, Lou Bloom. Um, uh, and then we watched. Oh my! My two my two younger brothers came over. The youngest Jack and Connor, and they. Oh my goodness, they just crack me up. And we watched. Um, we watched uh, an animated film called Spirit, the Stallion of the Samaritan, or whatever how you pronounce that. And uh, that was a fun, you know, fun little, you know, animated film. But uh, my my brothers just crack me up. Um, they were um, <laughs> they were telling me I was, you know, I was asking, uh, you know, about their lives and stuff, and they were telling me that uh, they were in, and you know, they're homeschooled or whatever. So they go to this homeschool covering, and they're there, and they were reading, 
a biology book. You know, it's a Christian covering, so um, usually, you know, it's from the point of creation. And in this biology book that they were reading or whatever, it was talking about how um, <laughs> Connor was telling me that uh, <laughs> in the book that it said, you know, that whales, you know, went from land to sea. <laughs> and so Connor, uh, Connor and Jack and some of his buddies, they were like, well, how did that happen? So uh, they <laughs> Connor, like, uh, drew a uh, picture of a whale with legs. <laughs> with just legs. I don't know, that, and, you know, little feet, and that just... Just that image alone just made me. I I was like crying when they were telling me. I just, I just thought that was like the funniest thing. I I know that's stupid. Maybe I was tired. Maybe I still am. Maybe that's why it's only funny. But just that image alone just was killing me. <laughs> that they drew just a whale with legs. I just imagined it with human legs. I don't know. Uh, that's probably. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was funny. You know, I stand by it. That's a funny thing to imagine. Um, they were cracking me up. Oh, my brother's in fr- a freshman. Jack's a freshman in high school, and that was blowing my mind how the years gone by. Because um, my freshman year in high school, I uh, I I went to Excalibur, Excalibur Christian Homeschool Covering. You know, I would actually go to classes. I would go to uh, co-ops or whatever you call them. And uh, <laughs> my very first day of school, I still have a moment that haunts me in my memory. I uh, so um, my first class was journalism. So after journalism, I had to go to the third floor of the building, and uh, for my uh, uh, my composition class, which is you know like English, um, <laughs> and this like I still uh, so so after journalism, uh, this is my first day. I, like I'm going up, and, you know, um, I go through the stair hall, or whatever stair uh, stairway, and I'm looking up and I see the third door. I was like, okay, and there's this uh, there's this another you know young man, probably my age or maybe a little bit older, ahead of me. A bit ahead of me, and maybe like ten stairs ahead of me. Anyways, so we're walking. He's walking, and he walks up to the second floor. And as he opens the door, he sees me. And I'm walking. I'm like I'm trying behind. I'll be there in you know a couple seconds. And uh, he opens the door for me, and he has this big smile on his face. And the thing is, I was going to the third floor, <laughs> and so I've always thought within the span of the 10 seconds that it took me to get there, I could just see in his eyes our friendship blossoming. I mean, he opens that door I walk through, and we're talking. Oh, yeah, you like the Cowboys? I love the Cowboys. You know, you were, you know, he sees us, you know, going to the movie theater. You know, you know Flash Forward, he's the best man at my wedding. You know, I'm thanking him in my Oscar speech or whatever. You know, he's, he's going through this whole thing. And at the <laughs> and then me, I'm just walking there, and I'm thinking, I, I, I don't have the heart to tell this guy. <laughs> and I'm about to, that I have to go to the third floor, and I should, I don't know why, it was just awkward, because I didn't know anybody, I was already kind of shy, because I was like, you know, new school, and instead of saying anything, I just walked right by him, I just walked right by him, as I walked by him without saying anything, I just saw that, his smile, just, 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 I wiped it right off his face, and I, <laughs> and I, I really never saw that guy again, I don't know where he went, but, um, I've always just felt so bad how this haunted me, um, I'm being dramatic, but um, I'm sure he's doing all right. Uh, or if he's out there and you're listening to this podcast, buddy, maybe we can meet up for lunch sometime. You got to pay though. Um, so we watched we, we watched Spirit with my little brothers, and then Aaron and I last night we watched uh, 500 Days of Summer. She had never seen it before. If you haven't seen it before, one of the most creative screenplays out there. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is such an underrated actor. Zoe uh, Zoe Deschanel crushes it. 
They're both hilarious. They both have amazing chemistry. Uh, the editing in this film, the thing that they use split screens, and then they do this. Um, they do this thing where at some points it's like a uh, you know eight millimeter film like going on inside of the movie, um, and the way that they just wrote it is just outstanding, and it it's one of my favorite rom coms out there, um, and I just I just love that movie. I think it's one I I think I've watched it um, every year for the past like four years now. Uh, ever so, you know, I keep a little movie journal with me. And I got it right here in front of me, and I always write down what movies I've seen, and then I, you know write little notes and stuff. Just to have for the future, you know, just, you know, the ideas I like, you know, camera angles I thought were really cool, moments, you know, stuff like that, just, you know, because uh, I feel like, you know, as an actor and as a filmmaker, I should do that, you know, just have all that good stuff in there. But, um, yeah, those are the movies I watched this week. Uh, go check them out. I really highly recommend every single one I mentioned. Um, If you got some time to watch some movies, let me see. Let's see what's going on. Oh, yeah, I was going to say this. I was going to say this. Um, I, this isn't like a, like a sponsored ad or anything, but guys, if you're out there and you're looking for a, an engagement ring or a wedding band or jewelry of any sorts, you gotta go hit up Hobbs Jewelry. You gotta. They set me and Aaron up big time. I mean, well, I, yeah, I, wait, is that a negative thing to say set the, cause that sounds like they tricked us. They did not trick us. They, uh, they hooked us up big time. That's what I meant to say. Cause, uh, we went, so we were like, okay, let's sit down. We talked about an engagement ring budget. And this was before she knew when I was going to propose, by the way. So this was like a month or two ago. Um, and we sit down. We talk about our budget. Okay, we go to this place at Bridge Street. We go there, and we tell him the budget. And then he's showing us all these rings that are like two grand above w- what I asked for. You know, or a grand above what, I, what we set our budget for. And I was like, dude, I'm not going to buy these. And I, I could tell what he was trying to do. He was trying to, you know... You know, have it shine right in Aaron's eyes so she could be like, oh, come on, Sam. You know what I mean? But Aaron's not like that, thank the Lord. She was like, dude. She didn't say this, but <laughs> we were both thinking, dude, this is not what we said. We're not going to buy this. And then he kept on talking about signing up for his rewards program. I was like, dude, v- let's. we're not even going to buy it. We just we told you we were looking just to get an idea. And uh, we weren't big fans of that guy. Uh, he was sweet. But uh, we were like, come on, man. You can't be doing that. And then we go to this place at Parkway Place. Do the same thing. The woman's trying to do the same thing. They're trying to, you know, look at Aaron and be like, oh, but, you know, even though this is, you know, <laughs> a grand above your budget, I mean, come on, it's really pretty. We could get a payment plan going. And Aaron's like, no, no. And I feel bad for all the other guys that have women going in there with them and, um, or vice versa. And, you know, they're duping the, the other person. And the other person is like, oh, well, come on. Yeah, we could do the payment. It's like, no. If you discuss... <laughs> If you discuss a budget, you should stick to it. I'm so happy. I'm so happy Aaron had my back. I was just like, come on. These are really nice rings. These are two nice rings. <laughs> so anyways, we're like, all right, let's go. There's one more in here. Let's go to Hobbs Jewelry. And we were. I was expecting the same thing. I was kind of in a mood at that point. And uh, I know Aaron was too. Not as much as me, though, because I just don't like people trying to just be honest with me. So we went in there, right? We walk in there. There's an... Uh, uh, I almost said older. I'm going to say experienced gentleman and experienced woman staying behind the desk, and they were so happy. As soon as we come in, they greet us happy. Uh, we tell them what we're looking for. She says, okay, what's your budget? We tell her, and then she says, okay, perfect. She takes us to a case and said, all these rings are in your budget, or maybe some of them are a couple hundred more. 
you know, and I respected that because at least it wasn't a couple thousand more. Because I mean, at the guy at Bridge Street, he, I mean, he, we told him our budget, and one was like three grand more than our budget. And I was like, dude, come on. Anyways, and what she did was this, this was beautiful. As soon as she started doing this, I laid back in my chair and I just relaxed. It was so cool. She took out a ring and then she took out another one. It was like, which one do you like more? This one or this one? Aaron said that one. So she would take the one that Aaron didn't like and put it away. And then she'd bring up another one, this one or that one. And she did that with all the ones in the case. And then we finally got down to the last two. And at this point, I just respected her so much. I was like, you know, well, I might end up buying one right now. And then um, Aaron couldn't decide between the two, and so th- uh, they let me. Um, and I picked the one that I liked, that we both liked the best, I guess. And uh, we weren't even planning to buy a ring. And I was, li- and I was like, Aaron, let's just buy it. Let's just buy it right now. These people are awesome. I don't want somebody coming in here and taking that ring. I don't cuz I don't know how that works. <laughs> if you can order that same looking ring, I don't know. And so we bought it and they were awesome. They they were absolutely awesome. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but they gave us a discount too cuz we bought it then and there. They were I can't I wish I remember their names and I want to go give them a thank you card, but seriously. Oh, and it came with the wedding band too. That's that's the another awesome thing. And guess what? It was it was below budget cuz they gave us that discount. I don't know if I should say that me saying, you know, they're going to do that for everyone. But they were just awesome. They were awesome. No stress free. So, anyways, that's an unsponsored ad for Hobbs. Go check them out. They're so they're just awesome, sweet people. At least the people we got. Uh, um. Uh. Oh yeah, I was gonna talk. Uh, I was gonna rank the Nolan films. I was gonna rank the Nolan films. You know, Christopher Nolan. If you haven't guessed already, is one of my favorite filmmakers, if not my favorite director in the biz right now. I probably have to. I mean, there's so many. I'd probably say him. Uh, Terrence Malick, Alfred Hitchcock, Dan- Stanley Kubrick. And then you got new ones popping up like Damien Chazelle, uh, Denis Villeneuve, uh, Greta Gerwig. Um, Adam McKay is even crushing it right now. I like his movie. Some people don't. I, d- I think he's crushing it. Um, David Lynch is up there. My word, there's so many great directors. Peter Jackson. He hasn't had a good movie in a while, but I still like him. Still have the respect for him. Oh, Richard Linklater. Oh, my goodness. And Quentin Tarantino. And... um. And then you got the oldies like Robert Altman. Oh, and you know, David Cronenberg's so underrated. David Cronenberg's filmography is insane how good it is and how many movies movies he has that are so good. And then Alexander, but you got, I could just keep going. Oh, and Ale, Ale, what is it? Alexander Ig, Ig, Ignorito, how you ever say his name. And then you have Guillermo del Toro, who I've only seen like two films from him, but they're so good. Um, anyways, uh, <laughs> I could just keep talking. Um... And you have new filmmakers. Sorry, I got it. Uh, what's his name that did Waves? Oh, he's got like a three names. I got to look it up. And I got to watch more of his movies because he has two other movies. Trey Edward Schultz. That's what it is. But anyways, we're going to be talking to Christopher Nolan today. Oh, and then like Charlie Chaplin and stuff. I forgot to mention him. Uh, but uh, we're going to be talking Christopher Nolan today because um, Tenet, my most anticipated film, is coming out, and I am so excited. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited for Tenet. Robert Pattinson, David David Washington, Denzel's son. Uh, um, Kenneth Braun, however you say his name, and then um, Elizabeth Debicki, however you say it. Michael Caine, of course, is in there. And then apparently Aaron Tyler Johnson is in it, but no one's really seen him in the trailer or anything. So he's got like kind of like a secret role. Um... I'm so excited, and it's getting good reviews. Some of some of them, um, it's getting from what I've read. It's either getting really, really great reviews, and then some people are like, 
It's too Nolan-y. It's like, well, you're seeing a Christopher Nolan film. What are you talking about? Like, I don't know. I'm really excited. I, I'm I'm really really hoping that um um I get to see it as soon as possible. I I I will wear a mask and follow all those precautions. Um, but I'm so excited just to see another film in theaters. It's been too long. I think the last film I saw in theaters was Parasite, and that was in New Orleans back in like late late February or something. So it's been a long time. I'm so ready. But anyways, Christopher Nolan has an amazing filmography. I mean, um, let's see how many films does he have. Uh, not counting Tenant right now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. He's got ten films, and then he's got uh, a couple short films out there that are that are great short films. But I, I I really wanted to talk about. Um, I really just wanted to rank them and just kind of play with it, um, and see where we end up. Um, let's see. Um, so he's got, of course, Inception. The Dark Knight Trilogy, Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Rises, Interstellar, Dunkirk, Memento, The Prestige, Insomnia, and Following are all the films that I'm going to be talking about. And then he's also produced a whole bunch. Um, so... I guess I'll go... I guess I'll go backwards. Um, and I'd probably have to put Following... As the as the uh, one two three four five I already forget how many movies I said he made one two three four five six seven wait one two three four five six seven eight nine ten sorry that took forever my word I kept I kept on accidentally clicking on the films he's got ten so following yeah following's gonna be ten and that's by no reason means that's a bad movie it was his first movie it came out in nineteen ninety eight my birth year coincidence I think not it's only sixty eight minutes um so it's an hour and eight minutes but. You can just see, you can see, um, his potential in the film. Is it a perfect film? Ab- absolutely not. But <laughs> you also have to understand that it took him like a year to shoot. None of the people were actually actors that he used. They were like his friends or like you know, you know, amateur actors. And then he has his dad actually be an actor. I don't know if his dad was an actor, but he has his dad act as one of the characters of the film. But the it's a nonlinear film of course because of Nolan but um, I highly recommend watching it it's um, I think it's just a really fun movie to watch if you're just a big fan of Christopher Nolan and his film work and if you want to see how um, someone made a movie by themselves practically you know um, very very I can't, I, what was the budget it was like maybe a couple thousand dollars which is insane compared to Tenant's budget, which is two hundred and fifty million. I don't know if he's gonna make that back. I'm kinda scared for him right now. You know, his movies usually crush at the box office, but right now I don't know if people will go see. I don't know if people are willing to go see a movie right now. Hopefully a lot are. Um ba 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 ba. So I'd go following. Man. The next movie he made was it Memento? But I I think I'm gonna put Dunkirk at nine. I'm gonna put Dunkirk at nine just because. Um, now, is it a great movie? Absolutely. I th- I just actually rewatched it recently, and I think it's, I think it's almost perfect. I think it's an almost perfect film. The only problem I have with it is that I'm not gonna spoil it if you haven't seen it. But someone dies in the film, and it is just one of the stupidest ways to die. <laughs> you know, I should take that back because I don't know if that's based on a true story or not. And I, 
I'm going to check. You know, I'm actually going to check right now. Why not? I got my phone in front of me. I'm going to look up Dunkirk. Um, uh, How would I do this? Um, Dunkirk. Uh, boy who died. There's several boys, so I'm just going to say. Um, bah, 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 bah. I want to know if that's real or not. Because um, he, like, some one of the characters, like, barely falls. Like, barely falls on the ground. And then, like, he's like, I can't see. And he dies. I guess that can happen if you hit your head hard enough. But, yeah. Oh, wow. It's a common ask question on Reddit. Like, there's so many articles. Like, how did he die? I'm really confused. Um, Yeah, he was just softly hit by someone else's elbow. And then he falls on the floor. Um, um. So, oh, they're saying he might have hit his brainstem, which actually causes you to go blind. The fall also likely caused internal bleeding, which caused him to die. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I shouldn't have said it was a stupid way. Um, I, Maybe the way it was filmed, it was just, you're kind of like, wait, what just happened? Because it happens, I don't know, they shot it kind of awkwardly, which is funny because the rest of the film is just absolutely brilliantly shot. It was nominated for Best Cinematographer that year, and it would have won if uh, Blade Runner 2049 and Roger Deakins hadn't made that movie that year. But um, I'm going to put it there just because um, it's a great movie, but compared to all of his other work, it's just um, it's lower on the list for sure. Okay, which which brings us to... So I got, in, I got Following and Dunkirk, so 10 and 9. 8, I'm probably going to have to put... Um, Insomnia at 8, which is still an amazing film. And and that Pacino, I think that's one of my favorite Pacino performances. He just, to me anyways, he just crushed it. He crushed it. He's so, he, it's one of his more subtle roles. It's like he goes back, I mean, he has a moment where he, you know, does his Al Pacino thing, like in Heat, you know, where he starts yelling in someone's face. But uh, throughout the rest of the film, he's just so subtle. And then Robin Williams is just absolutely terrifying. Because he's the uh, antagonist, and then Hilary Swank is great too. She plays um, um, I'm trying to remember her name. Something I can't remember, but she plays a cop, and she's great. Um, and the movie's so good. I think it's underrated. Well, I'm a sucker for like crime films, especially with like a a unique little spin on it. And unique is he has insomnia because um, he's in an Alaskan town where the sun stays up. Uh, for like 30 days or something. He's there during that time trying to solve a murder and he cannot sleep and so he's kind of losing it a bit. And Robin Williams is like antagonizing him throughout the whole film. And there's this great chase scene where they run across logs and like this lake. It's so good. You guys got to check it out if you haven't seen it. Underrated film. Um, So following Dunkirk, Insomnia, and then, oh, this is where it gets tough because you got Inception, The Dark Knight, Interstellar. The Dark Knight Rises, Memento, Batman Begins, and The Prestige. Wow. Um, man, that is tough. Uh, I'm, you know what? I'm going to have to put... It's between Interstellar and The Dark Knight Rises um, for number seven. Which one do I think is better? I think Interstellar is a better movie, but... I think if I think if they're on TV, you know, if they're on TV and I'm just sitting, I think I'm putting it on The Dark Knight Rises, <laughs> just because I'm a Batman guy. I think I I think I got to do that. That like I Interstellar I think is a better movie, but I think I would rather watch um, 
The Dark Knight Rises. Like, I feel like I could watch The Dark Knight Rises, any movie I'm in. For Interstellar, I kind of have to be in, like, a... I think they're probably... Let's see how long each one is. Yeah, they're the same length, pretty much. Interstellar is, like, four minutes longer, but um, Interstellar feels like a longer movie than The Dark Knight Rises does to me, so I'd have to go... i got to go Interstellar at seven. Matthew McConaughey absolutely crushes it. I think this was near the end of his reconnaissance, you know, when he was doing True Detective, which is... Uh, the best. <laughs> I mean, that's the best season of television there is. Maybe, maybe, you know, what come cl- what what comes closest Breaking Bad in its last season, or maybe um. I've never seen The Wire, and I've always heard that's good. And I've never seen The Sopranos, so I'm sure that's probably up there too. But uh, for for the television shows that I have seen, he just absolutely crushes it as Russ Cullen and Dallas Buyers Club, Wolf of Wall Street. What else was he in? Oh, Mud, Mud. Mud is such a great film. I rewatched that um, before I went, and uh, the last time I watched it was, I guess, probably last year. So I need a, I need another rewatching. But uh, I went, I rewatched it because I just worked with um, Neckbone from that movie. His name's Jacob Laughlin, and um, I was like, you know, getting excited because I watched that, and then I rewatched um, the Royal Tenenbaums because you know Luke Wilson's in Twelve Body Orphans as well, and which I need to rewatch that one. That's a great film. Um, but Mud is such a great film. So good. Reese Witherspoon, uh, Ty Sheridan, Jacob Laughlin, Matthew McConaughey, of course. And then I'm trying to think what other movie. Oh, The Lincoln Lawyer. And then Joe Dirt, right? Or Killer Joe. Killer Joe is what he was in. Killer Joe. Um, I'm trying to think. Casey Affleck is also in the film. And then Jessica Chastain, who's great. Michael Caine, like I said before, Anne Hathaway. Wes, uh, Wes Bentley, I think is his name. And the scope of that, fi- oh, and uh, there's a certain cameo by an actor, if you haven't seen it, I don't want to and maybe, maybe the best score um, of the last decade. That's a tough one. And great practical and special effects. I don't know. Dang. No, I don't know. If, eh, yeah, I'll leave it at seven. This isn't like an official ranking, this is just how I feel. Uh, these are movies you just need to go check out if you haven't, and if you have, I hope that I'm, um, I'm making sense. I'm kind of just rambling. But, um, and then after that, I would probably say The Dark Knight Rises at six. Um, I mean, probably some of the greatest action sequences ever. I mean, the plane to start the movie. And, oh my goodness, just the scope of that. And then you have the football collision. And then you got the fight with Bane in the sewers. And then you got, uh, the, the last fight uh, outside of, uh, City Hall. What a movie. I remember I saw that two or three times with my dad. The summer of 2012, when I was doing Space Warriors, and everyone was quoting quoting that film. Everyone was quoting that film. They were doing the Bane and doing the Bane voice, and oh, doing the Batman voice. Uh, <laughs> and uh, man, those were good times, man. When no one had to wear masks, the only one that was wearing a mask was Bane. Oh, he was trying to tell us something. Uh, uh what a what a fun, great movie. And yeah, it's got some issues. It's got some plot holes. But guess what? It's a Batman movie, and it's awesome, and it's fun. It's just pure fun. And, oh, the score to that's amazing, and the camera work. And the symbolism, my word, what a great film. Um, So what is that, six? Oh, so five? What do I, five? Five? Uh, Batman Begins. Well, hold on. Yeah, five would go to Batman Begins, which is an underrated film. I think that's better than Dark Knight Rises. Um, Ra- Liam Neeson is Ra's al Ghul. Christian Bell. People always say Christian Bell. Um, 
you know, they always make fun of him because of his voice, but he has such a layered and his performance is just so full of depth. Because, you know, he's he's not just playing Batman. He's playing Bruce Wayne. So he's playing the real Bruce Wayne who, you know, only Rachel and, you know, Alfred see as this true individual who really cares about people. And then he's got to, and then Christian Bell's got to play this other Bruce Wayne who's egocentric, all about himself. You know, because that's the mask that, that's the other mask that he has to wear, you know, to convince people that he's not Batman. And then he plays Batman. And I just think that, um, Bale, he absolutely crushed it. Absolutely crushed it. And um, I just recently watched this great video and I sent it to my dad of how they did like the um, the tumbler chasing and how they designed it and how they used miniatures and how they used um, the actual thing to like build it and build ramps to boost over it or whatever so it could go into the waterfall. It's insane how they do that stuff. What a, I, I just love that Christopher Nolan went from, you know, making a film with his friends and then next thing you know he's doing Batman Begins. And then you should also go check out uh, Christian Bell's audition, and a couple other people audition for it too. And he just he just goes in there and crushes it. Although it's kind of hilarious because he's got to wear the Val Kilmer suit, and they all look ridiculous. Um, and Killian Murphy, who's Scarecrow in that film, also auditioned for Batman. He looks like a little boy in the Batman outfit <laughs> compared to the other guys. Um, so what did I say? Batman Begins. That's a great film. Such a great film. Underrated. Um. I think I think maybe the best origin origin superhero film out there. Um and Michael Caine's script. I'm just Michael Caine is such an underrated actor. I mean, he's got two Oscars, but a lot of people I mean, a lot of people you know my age probably don't realize who he is. You have to go, "Oh, he's Alfred from Batman." You go, "Oh, okay." It's like his other film work is just outstanding. Um What am I Okay, so what am I I said following Dunkirk. Did I say Insom- Insomnia? <laughs> the Dark Knight Rises. No, I said Interstellar, Dark Knight Rises, Batman Begins. So at left, I get the Prestige, Memento, The Dark Knight, and Inception. Shoot. Um, That is a tough one. Because uh, I just rewatched The Prestige, and I think it's a perfect film. I think it's flawless. And getting, and getting to watch Aaron rewatch it. Or and watch it for the first time was amazing, man. Um, that's tough. That is a tough pick because Memento. It's it's right now. It's between the Prestige and Memento. Um, Memento so great and has wonderful underrated performances by everyone involved. I'm gonna go. Ah, oh, that's a tough one. That is a tough one. Um. You know what? I'm going to go The Prestige and then Memento. So The Prestige. I don't know. That's tough. I feel like you couldn't, you know, switch those. Or they're on the same level. Um, so let me talk about The Prestige first. Hugh Jackman crushes it. Christian Bell crushes it. Michael Caine crushes it. Scarlett Johansson crushes it. Rebecca Hall crushes it. David Bowie crushes it. Andy Serkis crushes it. You know, everybody involved just crushes it. The production design is insanely good. The actual magic tricks in the film are amazing. The way that, like, they, you, it's kind of, you're watching, you know, the backstage and stuff like that of how they perform these tricks. And then you get some sci fi entered into it halfway through, and it's, it's genius. Um, I don't know how Nolan wrote that film. <laughs> I don't know how you write that. I don't know how you sit down and write that. I think it's based off of a book. But still, what, 
what a great movie. I don't want to say too much, but you got to go check it out if you haven't seen it. And also, uh, I don't think there's, you know, family-wise, you could probably sit down and watch that with your family. I mean, there's some, um, you know, some affairs going on, <laughs> but there's no language, and it doesn't really show anything. It's kind of it's kind of a great, you know, not necessarily, I wouldn't say family-family movie, because maybe kids wouldn't understand what's going on, but, you know, you know, sit down with your young teenagers and watch a great film. That kind of makes you feel smart if you understand what's going on, then watch it. And then Memento, Guy Pierce, underrated performance. Great look. His blonde hair, the suit that he wears throughout the film, and then he's got tattoos all over him, the Polaroids. I mean, just great. Just great look that they went for. And then you have Carrie Ann Moss. You got Joe Pantolino, or however you say his name. I don't know. I probably just butchered that. Uh, Christopher Nolan, he wrote this, and it was based off of a, um, I think, a short story his brother wrote, Jonathan Nolan, who gets no credit half of the time. Because he also wrote The Dark Knight, I believe. Or co-wrote it. I think they co-write a lot of his stuff. I don't know if they did Tenet together, though. Um, which I'm so excited to see. Um, oh, by the way, Emma Thompson, who is Christopher Nolan's wife, like produces like all of his films. So um, I was kind of telling Aaron that. I was just like, you know, if you ever just want to sling some money my way, um, you know. That'd be nice. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say no. I mean, I would say no, like in that way, you know how people say, oh, no, you shouldn't do that, but they they want you to do it, but they're just trying to be polite. Has that ever happened to you where you say, oh, no, 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 and then they don't do it, and you're kind of like, oh, well, that was a jerk move, even though <laughs> even though you said no. Uh, anyway, sorry, I'm getting off track. Uh, Memento, I don't even want to spoil anything. All of his movies you just can't talk too much about because then you ruin it. Um, so what's left? I think what's left is Inception and the Dark Knight, right? I think if you know me as a person, you know what my number one is. And number two is Inception. And I think it's a perfect film. Yeah, you can nitpick at some stuff. This doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. But it's... Every time I watch that movie, it gets better. You can't say that a lot about a lot... You can't say that a lot about a lot about movies. You can, for the most part, with Nolan films. And maybe some other prestigious directors out there. Um, But every time I watch Inception, I'm just like, this is... This is such an amazing film, and it took him like seven years to write. He's got amazing, a- amazing action sequences that just—I don't know how it didn't win Best Picture. What beat it? I think uh, the King's Speech won. That blows my mind. That Inception. I, I mean, it won, it won for cinematography. I think in editing, which it definitely deserved, because uh, Wally Pfister uh, won that. But now uh, he went on to do his own thing. And then now he uses Hoyt van van Dom. I don't even know how he says his name. Let me look it up before I start saying that. Where's the DP? Show me the DP. Show me the DP. Uh, I can't find it. It's something like that. Um, who did Dunkirk? Um, and it's uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's performance is outstanding. Marion Coulthard, uh, Ellen Page, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Tom Hardy. All of these guys just crush it. I know I keep saying that, but Nolan has a thing where he works with great... Oh, Ken Wannabe. He's great. Killian Murphy. Michael Caine makes an appearance for like five seconds just because he's Michael Caine and he can. Um, it's so good. Such a great film. That ending, I mean, was huge. was huge. I remember everyone was talking about that when that came out. No, what was it, 11? No, 2010. Okay, 2010. Such a great film. Um, so many different layers and depths, and you can just rewatch, rewatch, rewatch. 
And I had a theory about it the last time. And I told Aaron all about it. And I said, you got to watch it. Um, What was my theory? I can't even remember. I got to rewatch it. I wonder, because this time I may, if you watch it, you every time you watch it, you have a different theory about what's really going on. Um, And then, I mean, yeah, I don't think anyone is surprised. If you if you know me and you listen to this anyways, that the Dark Knight is uh my favorite Nolan film because it, it's 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 one of my favorite films of all time. Um It's just I remember watching it and thinking, I wanna do that, I wanna make a movie like that. I don't think I will ever be able to make a movie that is <laughs> half as good as that. But if I make a movie half as good as that, then my movie will then be considered pretty good because that's how amazing The Dark Knight is. All the performances, spot on. Everyone always talks about Heath Ledger, and he deserves it. But don't forget about Aaron Eckhart and Michael Caine. <laughs> and, of course, you know, Christian Bell, Maggie Gyllenhaal. And um, all the supporting cast around him. Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman never gets any love for those movies. He's so good. He's so subtle. And you think he's American, and then you listen to his real voice. He's, like, one of the strongest, like, at, you know, <laughs> just Brits out there. Oh, that movie. I just remember watching it and just thinking, wow. Wow, I thought about that opening scene for weeks, how good it was. That opening shot where it's panning, or no, it's, uh, it's pulling forward to the, um, to the window, and then it breaks, and then it shows the heist and stuff. Great writing. <laughs> it's just, it's my, it's my favorite movie. And, um... I just, I just love it. I just love it so much. <laughs> I rewatch it every single year. Sometimes I watch it two or three times a year. I remember one year I watched it like six times, <laughs> and I watched it like three times in one week, just because I just kept studying it. I just studied it, um, and I have the screenplay. I bought a screen, a hardcover screenplay of it. And I just read it, just because it's so, just so smartly written. And uh, I mean, there's no such thing as perfect. You know, you could nitpick some stuff in here, and you know, every film has continuity problems, but um. It's my favorite movie. I don't think it's. I, I don't. I. Th- I don't think you can say any movie is perfect. Like tr- Like I mean, truly perfect. You know, when I say perfect, I mean it's just. It's really, 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 really good. Um. But uh, I would have. I would have been an extra in that film. I would have worked. I would have volunteered. You know, just to. You know, for any of those scenes, just to be on set and just watch these. This masterful crew just work. At excellence, and watch Heath Ledger, you know, rest in peace. Just one of the best performances of all time. Um, and then a great cast, just all around. Um, I know I just keep saying the same things, but it's such a great movie. Um, yeah, so those are my Nolan rankings. Um, <laughs> let's see, I'm looking at my card that I wrote, and I put uh, talk about trip and movies I've recently watched. Parentheses Hobbs, <laughs> rank Nolan films, talk tenant. And then after that, I wrote end with, and then I didn't write anything, so I don't know how to end this this podcast. Yeah, I was by myself today. Um, I'm so excited because this week a good friend of mine, Woodrow Lettrell, who plays Leon Pickett in the film Twelve Mighty Orphans, is driving in tomorrow to come stay with me for a couple days. So we're, there's an, there's going to be a podcast coming your way with me and him, and he is just one of the most um, lovable guys out there. Just makes you laugh, makes you smile. He's so transparent. Um, he's like a good dog. He's just he's like a lab. He's just happy, in my experience. You know, I don't mean. 
I was around him for only two months. Who knows? His parents might hate him, but I'm <laughs> uh, just a great guy. I can't wait to spend the week with him. He's, he's crashing at my place. We're going to hang out, play some video games, catch up, go swim, go see my family. Uh, who knows? Maybe make a short film and have, you know, crack some jokes here and there. But definitely we're going to do a podcast episode, hopefully. If he, do, if he doesn't mind sitting down, we'll maybe talk about uh, our audition process for 12 Mighty Orphans and uh, talk maybe talk some of his favorite films what his life has been going through recently with all this COVID stuff. We just may sit down and just ramble and talk. But I hope you enjoyed uh, today's episode. I am so excited for Tenet. I think it's supposed to come out September 3rd. Um, I, I'm i going to go see it. I'm going to go see it, and I'm going to wear a mask, and I'm going to sit away from people. I assume that's how they're going to make you do it, um, just because that's how badly I want to see the movie. Um, and I'm going to have Jermex with me. So if you're getting mad at me because I'm going... um. I'm I'm gonna be as safe as possible. I'm just gonna treat it. Okay, so listen listen to this. Maybe I'm being insensitive, but what's the difference between going and sitting down in a movie theater and watching a movie, and going to a restaurant and sitting down and eating food? Please, someone please explain to me. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm fine with not even eating food during the film if they just say, "Listen, you got to keep your mask on the whole time." I will absolutely do that to see this movie. I'm willing to do it. But then you have people going into restaurants, taking off their mask and eating. And you're all eating in the same air and inside. I don't know. Does that make sense? I think it does. Who knows? I could be right. I could be wrong. I don't know. Um, But, um, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. I know it's been two weeks. I was really busy, obviously. Me and Erin were at the beach, and it was just me and her. And I didn't want to do a podcast episode. And then last week, we didn't do one. Or the week before, or the week before, I can't remember if we did one before or after. Or no, I, we definitely did one after. But then Harrison's been busy. And I was like, you know, I, I, I'm, I just, I got, I just want to talk about some stuff, so I'm just going to do it. I'm going to crank one out. See how it goes by myself. We might do a couple more by myself. Um, just because I know Harrison's a busy guy. He's got a lot of things going on right now in his life. Um, good stuff. Not bad stuff. That made it sound like, uh, um, he has COVID or something. He doesn't. Um, I'm really excited. We're going to have, after Woody, uh, I'm going to be interviewing or talking to someone else I really admire. That's a great actor. Um, We were supposed to maybe sit down this weekend, but uh, he's out of town. I hope he's having a good trip right now. If he's listening to this, I don't know. Uh, (laughs) Well, by the time I post this up, he'll probably be back. That was weird. Um, But yeah, I really hope uh, you guys enjoyed this episode. Please feel free to DM me or text me. Or email me about some things you want me to talk about. Thank you. By the way, thank you for the people in the Netherlands, in Portugal, and Ireland listening. I don't know who you guys are, but thank you. That's awesome. That's so cool. And, you know, it's with through the help of the Anchor app, which uh, you've probably already had to listen to an ad that I need to re-record. Because <laughs> but I'm too lazy to because I know it's louder than what the volume is right now because I recorded it on my phone instead of doing it before I got this uh, this audio equipment. Um, anyways, I'm just rambling. I hope you guys have an awesome week. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please let me know what your favorite Nolan movies are, if I'm right or if I'm wrong. I cannot wait for Tenet. And, oh, speaking of Tenet, Robert Pattinson, Batman trailer came out. Dude, that movie looks good. That movie looks, (laughs) that movie looks so good. I'm so pumped. Usually I don't get too excited or even watch trailers anymore. But I saw the still, the thumbnail for it. I was like, I gotta watch this. And I watched it. I was not disappointed. It all looks great. Matt Reeves is an underrated film director. He did all the Planet of the Apes. Uh, the new ones, of course, which are really good underrated films. Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited for it. And I'm not really 
excited for you know superhero films as of late. Um, although I miss, I'd go to theaters to see anything right now, honestly. Um, but I hope you guys have a great week. Thank you so much for listening. Feel free to subscribe. Throw some uh, money towards the podcast if you're able to. If not, just keep listening. I really appreciate you. <laughs> I can't talk. My mouth is so dry. Um, yeah. God bless. Thanks. Bye. Bye.